have uh, Henrik Jeppesen uh, on the line now. Henrik, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much for having me on. Wow, it's just so hectic to travel when you think about connectivity. Indeed, indeed. Whereabouts are you speaking to us from, Henrik? Uh, Buenos Aires in Argentina. Oh, how fantastic. How fantastic from uh, from Argentina. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, and first of all, what on earth made you decide to embark on what has become quite an epic, epic journey? Oh, I grew up in a small town in Denmark, just outside a small town. And uh, there was not much to do. So um, I wanted excitement in my life. So I decided to travel. I had a goal of visiting 50 countries first and 100. And then I felt comfortable comfortable about going to all of them. And how many exactly is all of them? There are 193 members of the United Nations. Um, then you have a list of territories as well. That's places like Greenland, Tibet, and French Polynesia, and many others. Um, and I'm now trying to do all of those as well. Absolutely incredible. Um, how on earth do you afford it? In the beginning, I stayed a lot with local people and booked a lot of tickets from low-cost airlines. I flew from Denmark to, uh, to South Africa for equivalent of £80 approximately. What? Um, that's Denmark to Morocco. Yeah. Uh, low-cost airlines are, are really awesome, uh, especially in, in Europe, um, Southeast Asia. Uh, you can get, I mean, tickets for almost nothing, and you can cover a lot of countries that way. So that's a good way to start. Then later on, I got sponsorships. So I stayed with um, stayed in more than a thousand hotels that hosted me, and more than 100 airlines sponsored me. So that's how I managed to do it. Fantastic. Now, you, you say that you budget um, around $20 a day, I gather. Have you managed to stick to that? And how have you managed to stick to that, especially in some more sort of expensive parts of the world? Well, there'll be days where I have no expenses. A hotel will host me or a family or a private person would host me. And uh, so there, there are days where where I don't have any expenses at all. And then there are days where you need to pay an, pay an expensive uh, visa or um, uh, a expensive visa or um, an expensive airline ticket. So that was the word I, what I was looking for. So, so, so it, it pretty much, there are some days that are very expensive and some days are very cheap and, and many days are free. So that's how I managed to do it on such a low budget. And you're traveling on your own. Um, so how... How much contact do you have with your friends and family in Denmark? And presumably you've made uh, numerous friends uh, in, in your travels. I, I wouldn't say friends because most people I only meet one time. Maybe I meet them just a few times. But it, maybe, it might turn into an online friendship. But like real friends that people have a normal life, um, it's not like that. So that is the downside to it, is that the wonderful people I meet around the world, I can keep in contact on online, but it's not going to be the same kind of friendship as a person that has a normal life. Has. So that is the downside to, to my travels. I keep in touch with them. my family, you asked me about, uh, on, on Facebook, uh, Skype is also a possibility, or FaceTime, whatever you have. I mean, just online communication. How, do, how often do you manage to get back to Denmark? Um, I get back to Denmark once in a while. Maybe next time will only be next year. I try to get home always for Christmas. So that's, it will be for Christmas. But I, I plan right now to be in New Zealand at that time. And it's such a long journey home. So wow. I'm not sure if I'm, if I'm going to do it. Like, uh, um, but in my, in, my, in my travel to when I did the Every Country Project, I was back home once in a while to get a new passport or to get a visa that was only obtainable in my home country. So 
I did manage to see them from time to time, and I'll, I'll continue to do so, uh, but it might only be once or twice a year. How many passports have you gone through in the last uh, 10 years? I mean, they must fill up pretty quickly. Yes. Um, in my life, I've had 10 or 11 total. I can't remember. Wow. Wow. 10 or 11 passports. Um, you were saying that, you know, you, you travel on your own and, and you started off when, when you were a teenager. Um, have there been any moments where you've thought, um, you know, what, what's been the most terrifying experience that, that you've had? Because there must have been some. You've been to every country in the world. Um, there must have been some moments where you thought this is this is scary. Yeah, um, I think one of the scariest experiences I had was um, in the northern part of India. There's a special region called Sikkim, and they even have a border control within the country, like a small border. Um, and um, the guy, the guy at the border, tried to get me a ride because I couldn't get a ride myself. I hitchhiked with more than a thousand cars around the world, also to save money. That's another of uh, my travel tips. If you have the courage to do that, but uh, you can start in, in safer places and get more comfortable with it, I guess. That's, at least that's what I did. But uh, there I, I managed to get a ride with this guy, and uh, he didn't speak much English. Um, after a few kilometers, he stopped on the side of the, uh, the, side of the road, and uh, he drank a whole bottle of vodka. And, uh, and then after this, we took off on some of the most dangerous roads in India. That's when I was very, very scared. Wow. Oh, but yeah, you've you've lived to tell the tale, and I'm sure uh, not only that, but but uh, but m- many others. Have you thought about putting down your experiences in a book? Yeah, I have been part of a book about people that are have been to every country or in, are in the pro- process of visiting every country. So, uh, but I that's only twenty pages that is that are about me as far as I remember. I need to do my own book. Uh, I plan to do it if I manage to visit all the territories in the world as well. Uh, that's 325 countries and territories total. So I've been to all 193 countries, and then I tried to do the other 132 territories, and I have currently 36 left. Wow. Uh, if I manage to do that, uh, I definitely need to get a book out because it's something many have uh, talked about, and uh, it's also a good way of making making money onwards, I guess. So you've got 36 territories left to go. Have you, have you been to North Korea? Have you managed to get to North Korea? Well, I, I couldn't have visited every country if I hadn't been to North Korea because it is an independent country. So I, um, I, have, I have, of course, been to North Korea and it's one of the most frequently asked questions. Have you mm. been to North Korea? Even though I have been to every people still ask me that because they think it's, a, it's difficult. But North Korea is actually a very easy country to visit, I would say. You oh. just need to get a double entry visa. To, yeah, you just need to get a double entry visa to China and then the tour operator takes care of the rest. You don't have, you have nothing to worry about, and it's very well organized, and it's almost like it's a real experience. Uh, so I highly recommend it. It does need to be expensive. Uh, to have a proper experience in North Korea starts at around uh, 500 euros, sorry. And uh, how much is that? That's probably equivalent to around 8,000 rand. Sure, sure. You are a, you are a wealth of, of knowledge indeed. Now, um, the inevitable questions, I'm afraid. Now, where's been your uh, where's been your favourite place? South Africa is the country I mentioned in all interviews. How wonderful! <laughs> Tell us why, and we are delighted to hear that, Henrik. Why? What's so great about us? We know, but we want to hear from you. Yeah, the, the question. Uh, I mean. Um, I get this question all the time, and it's, uh, it's probably the number one asked question. And uh, if you look on interviews I've done with CNN, Independent, uh, BBC, and, and what have you, 
I can't remember all the media that asked me this question, but, um, you know, I always mention South Africa. And, and if I only have to mention one, that is the one I mentioned. But on top of that, I'll also recommend the Seychelles for relaxation, the New, New Zealand. I recommend Italy and France for just outstanding food. I mean, it's just really amazing. Uh, South Africa, I love because of the diversity in the country. I mean, it, it, it's a country that has so much to offer, so much to do. Uh, I love the small towns like Franschhoek, Stellenbosch, but I also love, the, you know, Cape Town. Uh, I find Johannesburg to be one of the most underrated cities in the world. It's incredible. Um, the wine yards, the, the beaches, um, and what have you. Durban is also a, a lovely place. Um, uh, I, I, and and the f- first and foremost, it's the people, uh, very warm people. And also what I tell travelers is that it's affordable to visit South Africa now. It is, in terms of currency, it is great value to visit as well. And that's also something I like. But you're not getting ripped off as a European coming to South Africa. You get great value and you should just visit as soon as possible. That's kind of like what I try to sell South Africa. So hopefully by telling so many people in so many interviews, uh, read by so many people, I can just help a little bit South Africa moving forward because uh, that is very, very important. Tourism, around half of the countries around the world are singly depending on tourism. The economy is depending on tourism. And uh, so I think, you know, it's very, very important to spread the word out there to people that South Africa is well worth the visit and it's, it's one of my top favorite countries. Oh, well, we are absolutely delighted to, to, to hear that. And, uh, and we can't wait to have you back. When are you, uh, when are you popping in to see us again? I will be in South Africa. I arrive with a ship uh, from the world's most remote inhabited island called Tristan da Cunha. It's, it's a cruise that goes to that island and other islands. Um, and a 22-day cruise, and that arrives into Cape Town on March 30th. Wow, so not long to go then. No, I'm very excited about coming back. Uh, it's only going to be a short visit because I have a lot of travel to do in Europe. I'm Trying to do six months by car in the European countryside, so that's something I'm very excited about as well. Uh, which country has surprised you the most? Rwanda, um, Rwanda and South Africa, because you know South Africa and the media does not have the best reputation. They always try to try to bring the negative stories of South Africa. I feel they don't really much tell the positive stories, which is a great shame. And uh, it's fair to say that South Africa also has its problems. But, I mean, other countries also have problems. It's just different kind of problems. Um, so I have not lived in South Africa, like, for, for years, like many of your, uh, your listeners, obviously. Uh, and I cannot relate to everyday problems, probably. Uh, but I can only say that from the visitor's perspective, it is a fantastic. It was such a big surprise. So Rwanda was also a big surprise. Um, pretty much the same reasons that I went with not too high expectations and also that because of the genocide that happened now, it must have been 23 years ago, you, you think that it must be a chaotic country, but it was well organized. It was, it was very, it, it, really lovely. And for that part of the world to sit in a bus and not have sand and um, dust in your face, it, it, which I do in many African countries because the infrastructure is so bad. It was just not the case in Rwanda. And just sitting there in the bus and looking out the window was absolutely wonderful. Absolutely fascinating. Absolutely fascinating stuff. Uh, last question. Of all the countries that you've been, and it's all of them, if you had to settle down somewhere for, uh, for the rest of your life, where would it be? 
there'll be a few uh, countries to consider. I for long thought that it would be South Africa, but I realized the negative thing about South Africa really in terms of travel is that it's not the best place to be based for world travel. Like I, I got a request, I think, when I was in South Africa, or I can't remember where it was, but then getting to Dubai, it's, it's a long journey. If you're in Europe, it's a cheap flight, and it's very convenient. It's very convenient to get to America, and super cheap from Europe now with, with new low-cost airlines. So it might be South Africa, but it's not. Then uh, Italy, France, um, anywhere in Europe, uh, especially countryside, I love a lot. It could also be the Seychelles, but most probably, probably half of the time, of the year might be in Australia and New Zealand that, that are, are very, very one. Those are two wonderful countries and feel similar to South Africa in many ways. So if people have not been there, um, I can highly recommend them. Henrik, this has been an absolute treat and I could speak to you for absolutely hours. I'm sure you've got so many stories to tell and you are indeed a wealth of knowledge. Um, you've obviously been uh, been swatting up on uh, on the countries uh, that you visited and still 36 territories left and I wish you uh, safe, safe travels and uh, and we hope to welcome you um, to uh, back to South Africa at the end of March. Thank you so much for joining us and, uh, and as I say, safe travels. Thank you very much for having me on. I look forward to getting back to your amazing country.